0: This is the Wally and Mathot Show. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot.
3: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally and Mathot Show, brought to you by BEI Bonisher Excavating, Inc., helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. I'm Brent Wallace. He's Mark Mathot, who found out
2: that he's not a roofer,
3: but he's got shingles the other day.
2: <laughs> yeah, Wally, it wasn't uh, it wasn't very pleasant, right? I never thought a 36 year old could get shingles, right? And I, and then I, I kind of mentioned it on Twitter and a lot of people were coming forward, telling me what their experience is going through it. It's not, it's not fun. I got it around my yeah. tailbone. So sitting down and anything like that is a real pain. Um, but so far, so good. I'm not uh, sick today, so I feel better.
3: Uh, finally, something that's put you in the chair that's not me that's making it more painful for you.
2: <laughs> I like that. <laughs>
3: Uh, we hope you get a speedy recovery. I know it can, it can linger, So, and we've heard awful yeah. horror stories of what it is, but uh, I wish you like yeah. all the best in that recovery. Uh, is it going to affect you this weekend when you're supposed to be in Pembroke? Uh, I think Saturday, Sunday. Do you want to tell us about that?
2: Yeah, I'm going to be signing some autographs at that hometown hockey tour. They're stopping in Pembroke this weekend. I'll be doing autographs two sessions, two days in a row there on Saturday and Sunday. So I'll be sitting on the shingles for about an hour and a half at a time. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but no, joking aside, I am looking forward to it. It's a great event. And, uh, if anybody feels like making the drive out there, that's where I'll be. Uh, is that the
3: Pembroke uh, Memorial center? Is that where you're going to
2: be? Yeah. Where the lumber Kings play. That is correct. Perfect.
3: A great barn, by the way. I love playing in that building. Um, go check that out. Also, I got a bobblehead of yours. I'd like to get signed. So I'll probably try and go out there and see if I can meet you. That's all right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why am I not surprised Wally?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I got some reason I got like two bobbleheads of yours, but anyway, um, I just need to get them on eBay for Christmas. Uh, okay. Uh, well, let's just move on to the headline, shall we? The sense of the big all win right. on Thursday night in Carolina that nobody really predicted. I did, uh, y- you were unavailable yesterday, so I did the sports interaction uh, thing, and I was wrong on all counts. I said Carolina was going to win, that they were going to do the over-under at over six. It was a 3-2 victory for Ottawa, and that the uh, puck line would be minus one and a half, and it was actually... Um, was for that so i am 0 for 3 being uh uh the wizard wally i guess we'll call it so i i hope you're back for tomorrow and we'll get that settled as they take on carolina but the streak is over right now for the sens hmm. they finally snapped their six game losing streak with a win in carolina but meth, did they really win that game or did carolina lose it carolina had 49 shots on goal
2: Yeah. And it's funny. We were, I was, I was, well, we were forth a little with you guys and I I was going back and forth a lot with Bobby Ryan. Um, We're just kind of shooting it about his new experiences on Twitter and, um, you know, talking about the game. And uh, it was the first period and we were going back and forth during the intermission and I all, you know, we were kind of both in, in agreement that, you know, at some point, the Sens probably will let off the pedal a little bit. You'd think that the fatigue would set in being a, on a back-to-back against yeah. an excellent hockey team in Carolina. Um, and on the road, no less. I think what pe- most people don't realize is how hard it is to play in that building for whatever it is. I don't know what my record is there, Wally, but it isn't good. So, um, Well, the, you know, Sens, think-
3: the Sens' previous 20 games in that building, they had only won three. Carolina was 17-1-2 and two against Ottawa in 20 meetings.
2: Yeah. Sure. And and I, I'm not kidding. I, I, I feel like my record there when I was at the Blue Jackets isn't a far cry from that uh, with Ottawa. So um, not an easy building to play in. And again, against a very good team. We all had them losing last night, I think. Um, so uh, I love DJ's comment after the game, Wally. And I know you loved it too. A gutsy effort. A gutsy win. So... <laughs> um, you know, in a minute, we'll get into all the details, but I, I'm happy for them. You know what? They were shelled. We all know that. We looked, we looked at the shot count. Uh, Forsberg was an absolute beast, stopping almost 50 shots. You you can't sustain that, but that doesn't matter. At least they snapped the streak, and now you get a little bit of confidence under your belt as a team collectively. You're going to feel a little bit better about your game. You get that rewarding feeling. Uh, I'm hoping this is sort of a, a turnaround point for them. I'm not thinking they're going to go on a heater here and win 10 straight by any means, but just breaking that goose egg and then being able to move forward. Wally is really huge for this group. And then it just takes pressure off their backs, right? Like the media, we saw what it was looking like for the last week. It was not pretty. Everybody was dumping on them. Understandably. So now they feel good. They can wake up today and and hang their heads up high. Okay. Uh, Two things.
3: One, your record in Carolina was two, four and two. And, uh, the gutsy part, as long as you say Anton Forsberg may have been gutsy, yes. outside of that, there was no gutsy. They got shelled. So there yeah. is no gutsy effort playing 50 of 60 minutes in your own end. Okay? It's just yeah. a ridiculous. I would say gritty, and then I would put up a shot of the mascot from Philadelphia. That's what it was.
2: <laughs> but it was not yeah, a gutsy well, win. Yeah, and, and, and when I'm watching the game, I notice, like especially in that first period, know, they're tight, right? They're a little tight They're They get the goal, which is great. That first go ahead goal. And you can see, you can tell it's like, okay, we're in a good spot here yet. They've only had three shots going into that second period, I believe is what it was. And I'm thinking at some point, you know, something's got to give here, but they just held off. Like you said, Forsberg was really good. They leaned on that top four on the back end uh, a lot. Um, Top pair played, I think 27 plus minutes. And I think the second pairing was around 20, 22. And Thompson and Mete were just sub 10 minutes. So that was almost like a playoff game for DJ, right? Like the way he the way he was rolling his sure. lines was like, we're playing to win tonight. We're not conserving energy with anybody. We need to win this game. I would have done the same thing. Um, so I thought they did that very well, but I don't know that that's the approach that's going to work for you every night. I don't like the amount of shots they took. To have to lean on your goaltender that way isn't great, but I'm going to try to keep it positive today, Wally. It was a good win. Uh, the fan base is happy, but I don't think we're stupid either. We understand the numbers and the amount of shots that the team took against last night, but that's okay. You move forward from that. You try to take the positives out. They're going to look at video today. Uh, I don't know if they have the day off or not, but if they are going to do a video session, I'm assuming it'll be pretty long. They're going to analyze what they need to change defensively. I thought they were tight, but sometimes when you play tight, you let a lot of perimeter shots in uh, from the point, from the outside. Um, So sometimes that can get a little conflated, but uh, other than that, I mean, Forman, like Formanton two goals. What a bounce sure. back game for him. That was another really good takeaway that I liked. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of his game the other night. I think he knows that too, right? He wasn't happy with it. Yep. But to see a player get resilient, come back the following game and have a showing like that, that's huge. So good for him. Um, okay, there's a couple of things.
3: One is how do you go from playing that Vancouver game where you look like you were trying to have everybody in the organization fired to playing yeah. this game where you seem to want to play... Arguably, I mean, they weren't great. Let's not give them too many kudos here for giving up 49 shots on goal, but yeah. they managed to get a win. That Vancouver game was as lifeless as I've seen that team play in probably two years.
2: Yeah, they took a lot of heat for that Vancouver game, and 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 rightfully so. And um, I think people were disappointed because it wasn't just—it's okay to lose games, right? Yeah. But when you lose it in that fashion, where it looks like there's just no energy or willpower within that group, which does happen, by the way. But the timing of that Vancouver game could not have been worse, right? And that was the issue, I think. I've played on some good teams. You have a showing like that every once in a while. It happens. No big deal. You wash it away. You go back and play well the next game. But for me, doing it at home was the most egregious part of that loss, right? I mean, that was the the deflating part and and the fans were very irritated afterwards. I think in the end, you get a good bounce back like that. It doesn't have to be pretty, Wally. They come out really hard the way they did. Everybody, the narrative changes all of a sudden. It's one game, and the narrative changes that fast. And that's that's pro sports. And so they can feel good about their game right now, but they can't rest on it. The next I, game, like, look at their month of December. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be miserable. Difficult.
3: Yes. And yeah. that includes Carolina, which is coming up on Saturday. Or sorry, Colorado is coming up on Saturday. Uh yeah. And and how they're gonna con- try and contain that team. Who's I mean, they just got Nathan McKinnon back, they look fantastic. I uh, don't forget you can yeah. go to sportsinteraction.com. Uh, slash volume of thought and place your bets on that game. And now, Kate, you've played the National Hockey League. You've gone through coaching changes. I thought after the Vancouver game, either the Sens players were sending a message to management or to DJ Smith that something had to change with this team with the way they played because they played flat. Did Did you sense that maybe they wanted, and it's easy to point at the coach, so we'll just say, did they want DJ Smith gone?
2: Yeah, so I would agree with that. To a degree, if this was an older veteran group that had just checked out, you know, like when you're playing on a winning team or maybe an older crew, Wally, and I know you know what I'm talking about, where for sure players are a little bit more confident in themselves or established, and you tune out the coaching staff because things aren't working well, and maybe the coach has lost the room. This isn't the case with DJ, and I mean, I know fans right now are pretty divided because the team's not doing well. So you got to start pointing the finger at somebody. And unfortunately, oftentimes that goes towards the coaching staff. Uh, This isn't on DJ right now. I don't think it is anyway. I I mean, are there issues? Are there things that need to be addressed? Absolutely. Nobody's off the hook right now when it comes to a record like this, when you're looking for a little more progression this season and you're not getting it, but to, to suggest that the team tuned them out on, on, on during that Vancouver game, it's just a young group that had a really off night that's my opinion I could be completely wrong but I know that core and we've met Wally we've had the pleasure of interviewing some of those guys I don't see it you know they've got a really good attitude in that group you've got Brady and all the other guys that are in that leadership crew that that I can't imagine they would ever approach their game that way they're too professional they're a young hungry group they just had it off night uh
3: fair enough and so I I, and it's a important, I think, is to look at it from a player perspective as to what's going on, because we all see it from the outside a completely different way, and we get to read it differently. So I'm glad you brought that up. So a couple of players that are a bit of concern for me of late. One is Nick Paul, uh, and I Mm. don't typically like to go there, but he's got three goals on this season, and that's it, three points. Uh, Yeah, He's the team worst right now, minus 13. I know that can be skewed a little differently here. Is there concern with his game right now? uh that maybe we uh, maybe the expectations are too high the way he finished last year but should we be getting more from Nick Paul
2: yeah I, I i don't think that's unfair i mean i think it's good to hold players to a high standard when they've played the way they have been like with with paul you saw the way he played last season particularly toward the end and then of, of course the golden goal and the really good world championship uh, outing that he had so i think the expectation level for nick paul was pretty pretty high this this season but When you collectively have a tough start the way they have been right now, it affects everybody. Look at Thomas Shabbat. He's playing 30 minutes a night. People are still talking about Team Canada for him, yet, I mean, he's got no goals. And he's playing 30 minutes a night, seeing all the power play time in the world, and he doesn't have a goal yet. So he doesn't have time to score. That's the point. I know. And hey, all I know is that's my point. That's not a jab at Thomas Shabbat. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. I, that's not a jab at him. That's more or less me defending Nick Paul. And, and yeah. yeah, okay, sure. You could argue that I'd like you'd like to see more from him. And I'm sure knowing Nick Paul, he's probably his own biggest critic, like most of these players are. Yeah. When you're not doing well as a player, you don't really necessarily ever need anybody to tell you you're not playing well. You already know. You're very well aware of what's going on around you and the lack of um, contributions to the team and whatnot. So um, for him, I think if there was an adjustment he could make it would be to get back to a little bit of that imposing physical presence that he has. And I don't mean running around like a dummy and getting out of position. I mean, being really hard around the opponent's net front, like stopping, like when, when, when you're getting a puck to that net, you stop right at that crease. You know what you're doing. You're hoping that you're going to create a little bit of conflict, but more oftentimes than not, when you do that, especially with his size, you're going to get a rebound. You're going to get a loose puck. You're going to knock one in. It's going to be a dirty goal. I think if he can pot a couple of those and he can get his, his nose a little more dirty around the opponent's net front, he'll create a little more opportunity because he's got some really good chemistry with Connor Brown. now you've got Tim Stutzle in the middle there, assuming that holds and stays together. yeah, it's, it's just a matter of time. And that and that also falls on the other players, right? That's not just Nick Paul. That's also on your line mates. That's also on your decor. There's a lot at stake. When you're playing half the game or sorry, 65% of the game in your own zone, you're not going to get a lot of looks offensively, Wally. And I know you know that. I know I'm preaching to the choir. But I think my biggest takeaway, I'll repeat it one more time. I'd like to see him get a little more dirty, get to that opponent's net front, and just, just be a bit more of a shit disturber. He's such well, a big guy. Like I, you know, You've seen him off the ice. He's a big dude. He's imposing. Yeah. He can use that, especially in today's NHL.
3: He used to be Alex Foreman before Alex Formanton was Alex Formanton, And now he needs to go back to being a little more Alex Foreman. If you get my point.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, it's a good example. That, that I guy agree. that just goes
3: to the net uh, creates yeah. havoc. Um, yeah. Okay. So the other night against Vancouver, Tyler Ennis was a healthy scratch at the time. He was the fifth highest scoring player on the team. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if that. I really cared that much that he was out of the lineup, but he gets put back in and gets two points. Uh, against yeah. Carolina he's now tied for fourth in scoring did you sense there was a need to take him out of the lineup
2: of all players? they're always gonna play yeah Wally, yeah, that's that's a, it's a good question um I don't know what the right answer to that one is because yeah. I thought he looked great in Carolina you know you see those setup plays that he made um he, he was great and, and they complement each other well right like yeah when you're playing with a guy like forums or some fast players in like and you're Tyler Ennis He's got really good vision. He sees the play really well. He's had to his whole career. He's a very small player, so you've got to compensate in other areas. So your vision, your skating ability, your puck handling has to be better. And he's he's been able to do that for most of his career. He's he's in the NHL still. So um, I think he's got really good chemistry, obviously with uh, with some of these guys, particularly with a player like Alex Formanton. And um, I like the I like the bounce back again. It just goes to show you your character. When you get scratched, you can either pout about it. Yeah. Come back the next night, not do very well. You're still pissed off with the coach or he can play well and make it, you know, leave an impression. I thought he did that. I thought he looked excellent. So I, I questioned the move of taking him out, but I, we're also not in that locker room. So it's hard to say Wally. So I thought I it was it. good. But I'd but like the to one see, thing. You get, you those bets. Sorry, go ahead. The one thing
3: you get from him though is consistency night in night out. Yes. You know that Tyler Ennis won't take a sh- for the most part, doesn't take a shift off. He just competes and he's very smart. So, it, like, I know you took him out to put Adam Godette in the lineup, who was playing his first game as a center and picked up off waivers. But I just didn't know that it was Tyler Ennis that probably should have paid that price. I, but maybe, yeah. maybe they knew, may, I don't know, maybe he's battling a minor injury. Maybe they knew something that we didn't know. But I, just on the outside looking in, I would have had Tyler Ennis probably in my lineup. I think they
2: need a little yeah. bit of veteran presence when they're losing like that. Well, yeah, exactly. You just nailed it right there. And, and I know people think it's like the old trope, eh? like, oh, we get it. You want vets yeah. in the lineup, but really a difference. It does. Yeah. I'm not saying that the entire lineup needs to be compromised of old guys, but having some voices in the room, which are typically veterans helps tremendously, especially with a young group, like the Ottawa senators right now. So, um, I don't know how vocal Tyler Ennis is, but just having those guys around talking to the young players, being vocal on the bench, that stuff goes a long way.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think maybe the last topic I have for this one is, um, Adam Godet gets picked up off waivers. He becomes the third player on this current roster that the Sens have acquired through waivers. And that's Forsberg, Mete, and now Gaudet. Uh, scores yep. in his first period. By the third period, he's not playing. And then in the second game, he's a healthy scratch. So mm-hmm. uh, what do you take of bringing in Adam Godet to play a little bit of hockey here, which doesn't seem very good at the moment?
2: Well, he's had one game, right? And and when you get to a new team, there's zero familiarity with any of your teammates. And that can be very challenging. And it takes time. Honestly, it does. And I feel like openers, like opening games for new players on a new team coming off a trade can go two ways. It can go very well because you're running on adrenaline and things just happen to go your way. And or it can go very poorly. Um, yeah, he, he had some pretty big mistakes the other night. It was one game. I think taking him out for the next night Last night against Carolina was the right move. Obviously, I think just giving him a couple more reps in practice, getting to know his, his teammates a little bit better, his line mates, developing a little bit of chemistry helps. Um, I wouldn't write him off just yet, though. I do like what he brings. He can skate pretty well. Um, I don't know that he's a full time established NHL player just yet, but I also don't want to make any unfair comparisons to any other players because I haven't seen him play enough yet. Yeah. So I want to be genuine here. I want to see him play a little bit more. I'd like to get a, some more reps. And then I can give you a fair assessment on his play.
3: The concern I have, Meth, is watching Gambrell and Gaudet down the middle and the mistakes that yeah. they've made over the last couple of games yeah. and thinking that somehow Ottawa is going to work their way out of this debacle they currently find themselves in with, with those two guys centering the third and
2: yeah. fourth lines. Yeah, they're well, they're, they're so thin. This has been the, the ongoing thing, going into training camp. Yeah. This isn't new. Yeah. Even when we had Pinto, I mean – We thought you'd get a better player out of him this year, which we did initially until he got hurt, of course. Uh, But it just goes to show you, once he was taken out, how vulnerable that up, that down the middle uh, areas, which is essentially one of your more important positions in the lineup, of course, as they drive the line up the middle. So, um, yeah, that's a vulnerable area right now in this hockey team. Um, It's a weakness that needs to be addressed. Uh, Do I know how to fix it right now. I mean, other than going after a legitimate top six centerman, which is very hard to do mid season on a losing team, it's not going to happen. There, there, there's no reason for it right now, Wally. I think the team is what they are. Um, they're just going to have to ride the bus until the end of the season going into the off season until they can start maybe making some changes then. But right now to make an upgrade like that, I don't know makes a whole lot of sense unless a really Good player who happens to not be doing that well ends up on waivers, which I can't see ever happening. We've had this discussion before. Waiver players typically aren't game breakers when they come to new teams. Yeah. So I think you just got to figure it out. DJ's going to have to keep running these lines through. Hopefully Pinto comes back in a couple months. Um, and then you've got Stutzla. They can maybe run with that second line center right now. But until then, um, they are what they are, and they're going to have to ride it out. All right, before we wrap
3: it up and get to our, by the way, I forgot to even mention off the top, we have Andre Waugh on the show today, who's fantastic. Uh, before we get that, I, here's my one question. What was a bigger surprise for you Thursday night in the National Hockey League? Was it Ottawa's 3-2 hanging on victory over Carolina, or was it the fact that the Florida Panthers came back from down 3 nothing to win 6-3 against the Buffalo Sabres?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you could say Florida, but I mean, they're, they're a good team. We know what the expectation level is there. I think Ottawa honestly has got to be the, the surprise game. And I think, I think Gord Miller was, was posted a really interesting stat. I forget what it was, but with, with regards to the game and the adversity that they have been going through, right. And then all of a sudden coming back the way they did get, giving up a lead and then getting it back again in that third period against a very good Carolina team. So I got to go with the hometown Ottawa team right now to me, um, it was a pleasant surprise. It was much needed, and I think it kind of cools the waters a little bit now here with the fan base. When Carolina tied it at two, did you think
3: the Ottawa Senators <laughs> oh. were going to win that hockey game?
2: I mean, looking for an uh, honest
3: answer, Mister
2: Mathot. Yeah, no, I thought they were going to lose. I think everybody <laughs> did, right? I mean, um, it was the old "here we go again." But uh, no, they handled it well, and that is again—that's a character win. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. can—we've won games like that when I was with Ottawa during that Hamburglar run, for example. There were some nights the Hamburglar had 40-some-odd plus saves, and we got away with the win. It's just they don't ask you how how you did it afterwards. The two points is all that matters.
3: That's what I was going to say. At the end of the year, they can't tell you how many games were like that or whatever, nor does it matter. It's just all about how you win the game. Exactly. All right. Uh, so – Coming up uh, after the break, we've got Andre Watt in our Whitewater chat. Uh, just a reminder, it is the holiday season. Whitewater does have a uh, special on right now. They've got all kinds of holiday things, and one of them is the Twelve Beers of Christmas. You can pick that up at shopwhitewater.ca. Also, they have the ultimate stocking stuffer. Uh, it's perfect to hang over with the fireplace, if you will. You can get, you choose whatever beer you want, a can of beer plus a glass, and it comes wrapped, and it's a fantastic stocky stuffer i think it's 1099 uh, shop whitewater.ca don't forget use the Wally coupon code get 15 percent off everything except the 12 beers of christmas uh now uh matthew never had a chance to play with andre walk but he is uh one of the true characters in the ottawa senators organization and everybody's still like since we've talked about him coming on the show i've gotten all kinds of text messages people say yeah. i can't wait to see the interview um before we get to Andre, I want to throw in the pearls of wisdom from our good friend, uh, John Pearlberg. So here are some of the notes on Andre Watt: 103 career fighting majors in the National Hockey League, 40 of them with the Ottawa Senators, 54 points in the 94-95 season with Shakutami and Drummondville, so he could put up some numbers. Um, one of 15 players in Quebec Major Junior Hockey League history with 30 goals and 300 pims in a season. That's tough to do and the first senator player to score his first career goal versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, that is Andre Wab. So enjoy the interview, and uh, we'll see you in a bit. Screw this. I'm recording it.
2: Yeah, yeah. you got to re- <laughs> <laughs> hey. So, Andre, can you just tilt your camera for us a little bit? <laughs> And maybe turn your microphone on too while you're at it. I don't know. Yeah, there he is. It's connected.
0: Okay, we got it. <laughs> 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 Woo! Um, hey, fellas. Hey,
2: buddy. How's it going? Mike? Andre, <laughs> turn your fucking camera.
0: Oh, fuck.
2: This way? Oh, ah! Yeah. Wee! Yeah, is that better, Wally? Is that it, it, it's sideways? It's it it, it locked? Them. Like, is the um, yeah yeah? Is you it, might have to unlock so you oh unlock the camera so it it like so you're you fill the screen.
0: That's what I was doing. I was going sideways this way. Hey, right? yeah. Dang. Dang. there we go.
3: That's hey, How that.
0: I do it usually.
3: First try. Yeah. All right.
0: I didn't comb my hair. Uh, I didn't have any more deputy do in my uh, compartment hair. So yeah, how's it going, guys?
2: <laughs> going good.
3: Uh, great. How are hey, you, friends? Yeah, it's
0: been a while, eh? A
3: little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, think and- now that you're a big TV and- star, you don't have time.
0: No, you guys didn't reach out. That's like, uh, you know, spitting chiclets, uh, all those guys, they don't reach out. They're just big stars now. And uh, (laughs) I'm just a nobody, but I'm glad to reach out, you know, Uh, I'm glad you guys reached out, you know, so
2: yeah. You're the first, I think you're the first French Canadian. Is he not the first French Canadian we've had on, Wally? Uh, well, you. Uh, no, I think you're someone else. With, Okay, with
0: Jacques, Jacques, with Jacques
3: Martin. Martin.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Jacques Martin. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, uh, okay. I
0: think Andre needs to uh, work uh, on his conditioning. Uh, he's an individual <laughs> that brings a lot of a toughness to our lineup, and it's important that Andre do a little bit of extra to improve <laughs> as a player and be part of this going down in the playoffs. Thank you, Jacques.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, that's amazing. I, I, I was gonna get to Jacques. Brent, um, look at this. Hey. What, hey, hey there you go.
0: Hey, Andre, nice. Back in the day. I didn't have, you know. I didn't know it you had some or McGratton, but uh. <laughs> They, they only did one. They only did one, and I asked if I could keep it. Well, actually, I sold it, so I left with it. Then <laughs> <laughs> they traded me. <laughs> uh, oh my god!
3: So, what do you do now?
0: I do bachelorettes for uh, ladies uh, that are getting married. No, just kidding. I uh, I work with RDS since I retired. My first year, I was just kind of kind of wondering what I was going to do. So I was a year off, just trying to think of the future. I was like 34, so obviously a lot left in front of me. So, uh, I slowly started going to RDS, uh, just doing stuff in studio uh, during the playoff run. Um, and then slowly I, I participated in a show. It's a two hour show in studio and it's called a Saint Cassette, like five to seven, you know, and they bring in all kinds of different guests. So I go in there. I still go once or twice a week. I, I do more, uh, fun stuff like I, I could play a guitar song once a month let's say I'll, I'll write a song and make a little guitar on whatever's going on in the uh in the <laughs> sport world you know so it could be on OV uh, racing for the uh, uh the gold uh, to be the top uh, goal scorer it could be on Carey Price whatever so yeah. that and I do like bloopers plays a week also plus I have a show it's called Sure 2.0 I go around the league and see the French guys established around the NHL. I actually did something with Mark uh, a couple of years ago so uh, uh, that's one of the reasons I'm here today. It was tough to say no since Mark said yes way back, but if Mark would have said fuck up, I would have said fuck up. <laughs> Fair
2: enough. Hey, you talk Andre, I don't want to get I don't want to get too serious. I don't want to get too serious. I just you mentioned something right off the top there when you mentioned retiring. I retired around 34 as well. And I had a really tough time with it. Like that first year oh. was was brutal because you just lose all your sense of purpose, right? You know, exactly. you're used to being on this strict schedule and all of a sudden it's gone and you're still very young. So like how how hard was that for you? And like, I mean, I know you got with LDS and all that stuff, but like until yeah. that point, what were you doing?
0: Oh, man, it's so hard. Like you mentioned, like it's just we're used to that routine, you know, we're since we're kids. Going to the ring, senior friends, whatever. Then you go junior, professional, same thing. Summertime, you work out, you show up at camp. But that first year, I'm at home, and I was kind of hoping to get something uh, from my agent. You know, he's like, stay in shape. You, you know, you never know. And then the the months passes. You know camp started then I had an offer KHL I was like I'm not sure if I want (laughs) to go there so uh, (laughs) I actually called uh, some of the Russian guys I played with like Doncher and uh, Malkin just to see the team that wanted me I think they wanted me mostly to go fight there and I was kind of past that at 34 you know so Uh, But to come back to your question, yeah, just at home, and now I'm really questioning myself, okay, what now? What am I going to do now? And uh, that's why it's important for guys to still know, have a little backup plan on what you're going to do, you know. Um, I I, I was just like, uh, and I thought it'd be easy because I always had a great relationship with media. All the guys I always gave gave my time to them. And, uh, you know, I thought right away, they'd call me Andre, we want you here. We want you on this show. We want you. And, but it, that wasn't the case. It was like, okay. Well, uh, so it was tough. It was, uh, I, I, was a lot of frustration. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of, I would say maybe even depression, like not, not depression, like sucking my thumb in a little ball in the basement, but close to that. I mean, my, my wife was good enough and the, the kids, you know, helps out to, to see them and yeah. just to do family stuff. You know, I know guys that, that, you know, I was more of a four line guy, energy guy, you know, obviously, uh, if I could just retire and know that I don't really need to work, just be with the family and do us uh, family stuff that probably would have helped a little more, but I still needed to do something. I I knew I still needed to do something just so, uh, because, you know, money goes by so fast too after when you retire your lifestyle, everything changes. So all that started like uh, cycling, like going through my mind. I was like, okay, I got to get, I got to do something. And then the media kind of slowly going there, just bring my sense of humor and my personality. I slowly started like that. But that one year there, I played in the beer league, and instead of drink two, three beers, I do I drink like sixteen beers just to, because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but it was for sure; it was definitely tough—a tough time of uh, of my life. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's it's the lack of purpose. I totally understand where you're what you're at and what you're like. You need <coughs> something to focus on and something to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go back to you getting into the NHL. You're a sixth round pick. Uh, of the Boston Bruins, did you think that you were going to play in the National Hockey League being 151st overall? I think it was.
0: Um, I always like, I always once I got drafted in the NHL, I uh I had a foot in the door, like, like most of us, you know, and I believed in my my capacity. I thought, like, I what I, I changed my style coming in junior, like, I was always like, people say, Oh, yeah, but most of us, like minor hockey, I was always a top player, big guy, you know, scored some goals, and junior, I kind of slowly changed my style, because I just wanted to get drafted, and that's how the fighting came along, and I remember a guy telling me, you're, you're tall, I was skinny, you know, but I was feisty, and for sure guys will try to fight you, if you back down, you know, you're probably done, so that kind of stood in my mind, okay, yeah. so I just have to maybe fight and make, uh, room for myself earned that respect so that's kind of how it started so I started fighting got drafted and by the Bruins who are a tough organization I was like I think you know you never know I just want to make it to the uh, the next step I, I knew I needed to go in the AHL so in my mind it was it wasn't really the NHL I was more aiming for the American Hockey League and maybe learn how it is uh, with the pros and uh, older guys, how the game is mm-hmm. played. So mm-hmm. once I I, I, might, I signed my contract uh, out of junior, I, I started believing that you know I, I can make this. It should, it all depends on me. I didn't like fighting, honestly. You know I did it. I I I just wanted to, and once I got there, I just did it to stay there. So uh, yeah. But but I I believed in myself. Once I I signed with the Bruins, I said I think I can do it. I needed that three four years, I'd say, of maturity and. Confidence wise, I wasn't ready. I think mentally, you know, at 2021, 20, I got called up by a Bruins. I was 20 years old playing the Buffalo Sabres, Ray, May, Barnaby, Bugner. I was, <laughs> I was like, I was nervous. I was like, man, really? I didn't sleep all night, all afternoon. All I oh, could man. think is Brad May and Rob Ray. And I remember. I think I played three or four shifts. I didn't do fuck all because I was <laughs> too nervous. I said, if they come after me, I'll, I'll just do what I can. But I didn't go after them either. I think I wasn't ready mentally to uh, be part with the big boys at that age. But uh, I, eventually, with Ottawa, when I got my break, I said, okay, this is the time to uh, to maybe establish myself and. You know, uh, I I made it to the last two guys with I think it was John Ammons who was there with me, and I was staying at the hotel. And Jacques brought me in his office. Well, uh, I think Andre, you can uh, uh, find a place to stay. Uh, you're going to be part of uh, our team. I want you to keep improving, work. Up. No, but just uh, kidding aside. Jacques, Jacques told me I could find a place and. I need to still work hard. And I remember my reaction. I was like, for real? And I was like, I want to hug Jack and just like kiss him and whatever. You know, that was like a dream come true for me. So, uh, yeah, uh, long path. But, uh, you know, I, when I look back, I'm still uh, proud of what I accomplished in the NHL.
2: Yeah, Andre, you had a you had a really good career. In, in, uh, and you were super liked in Ottawa because I know when I got there and you showed up, the stories, the Andre Was story started coming out. A lot of them I can't share on the podcast. But but you mentioned you mentioned something about the fighting early on. And obviously I played with a lot of guys, a lot of tough guys, and they've had to change their game from junior to HL just to stick around, right? And and that's for me the hardest job in hockey. There's no question. So did you ever like to fight? Like was, was fighting ever something that you got comfortable with? Or was that always something that gave you like a ton of anxiety the night before, where you were struggling with? It?
0: <laughs> so much, so much anxiety. I, I don't get when I hear guys. I loved fighting; it was awesome. I wa-. like, sometimes you see, I, I saw what what's that documentary Tony Twist? I think yeah, maybe Twist. Maybe there's a couple guys like that. But in general, all the tough guys that I, now are retired or whatever, and, and I do these hockey events for charity events, and I. I meet a lot of these guys. We talk about the old days, whatever. Most of us is like the same. It was a job and it was for me a yeah. job that I needed to do. If not, somebody else was going to take my spot. But I never really enjoyed doing it. But I understood to, to stay there. It's what I had to do. But so much anxiety for sure. Especially when I, I knew something happened uh, the game prior with, with a guy. Or I needed yeah. to maybe do something like to fight one of the tough guys in the league like I remember like whenever I when I started with Ottawa when I fought we played the leaves Domi and you know it was always nerve-wracking facing Ty uh Wade Bielak too obviously but uh Brashears, and I remember Bugard even Simon the guys the first year oh my god I didn't sleep much I just show up at the rink and uh just try to get myself wired up and I visualize a lot watch some tape and just try to do whatever I could and at the end of the day, I never considered myself like a heavy. I fought all the heavies, but I was never like I killed everybody. I'm the toughest guy. I just did the job enough good enough to to stay in the league, I think. You know, so uh yeah. 1100... Not an easy job. No.
3: 1169 <laughs> penalty minutes in your 515 games.
0: Woo! Cra-
3: Crazy. But So I have two, one question. First of all, would you would you take fighting out of the game having gone through what you've gone through?
0: Uh, no, that's a tough question. I know, like, the game's already changed a lot. There's not yeah. many fights anymore, but I think we still need it because it's such a high-tempo uh, game. Uh, emotions are, are at the top, you know, and especially when there's little rivalries between teams uh, going in playoffs. And I, I would still keep it in, you know. And uh, but but just because, yeah, you need that sometimes, you know, some I think guys would probably just run around and and we'd see more dirty hurts, probably more than than expected, you know. So if you still keep that and guys can police themselves between each other whenever something needs to be addressed or just a, a little spark, you know. I think it's still good to see it. Some games I watch it's six, nothing. There's no, no, nothing going on soft. No. And I'm like, Holy cow. Is somebody going to try to maybe sparks and do something? Yeah. We don't see that. And I, I, and I get it. The game has changed big time, but it's tough for me to say, take it away completely. I think they've done a tremendous job already around the, in the national hockey league, uh, getting just guys that are there to fight, you know? So, uh, like it is right now, I think it it's it's at a right spot. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Mark, what do you no, think about no, it? You, I Brand. totally
2: I totally agree with you. I I like to, to think to think that fighting should be taken out of the game is such a naive take. They don't understand that yeah. like, players police themselves, right? It's a contact exactly. sport and you can't like it's not like football. I know football is very physical, but it's completely different. And there's flows to yeah. the game. You need to have those guys there, those deterrents so that little rats aren't running around making dirty hits exactly. and plays all game right so
0: yeah exactly uh
3: you played during dir- no, <laughs> <kidding.
2: laughs> <laughs> well,
3: when
0: I played in junior b here I was a goalie so Oscar, I, I never, a goalie. Uh,
2: yeah
3: but billy smith was my idol um I, oh. I i i appreciate the deterrent factor but i look back at all the other leagues like NCAA hockey or uh international game there is no fighting so if I, like there has to I'm just not a big fan of, and there used to be when you played, uh, especially during like the heyday of the Battle of Ontario, fighting was just expe- like it was supposed to be the drop the puck, let's fight and do that kind of stuff. I'm glad that yeah. that stuff is gone. So I appreciate the deterrent. I just didn't like all the other nonsense that went on with it.
0: Yeah, that I, yeah, I got to agree. The stage fights that we yeah. all just, you know, off the face off everybody you know i understand you're trying to because i've been in that position but i understand you need to spark your team but now it's we're in 2021 it's completely different you know you just go in energy poor chick throw some hits and you if you have to respond you can still do it you know and mm-hmm. I, I know in all these college university you know there's no fighting but a lot of times there's hits and uh Stuff that guys, I'm sure they would like to fight uh, mm-hmm. guys yes. that play like a style, like uh, let's say Sean Avery, Steve Hot type, you know, uh, I don't know, just uh, uh, get under your skin, you know, you yeah. want sometimes you want to grab that guy, your little rat, you know, and uh, Brad <laughs> yeah. Marchand or whatever, you know, but uh, yeah, like I said, we're in a good spot, I think, right now.
3: Uh, I have a million questions. I want to ask you about all the coaches you've kind of played for, because you've played with some of the hardest coaches I can think of. Uh, But first, take me through the Battle of Ontario, because it was, like I said, the heyday of that was when you played uh, and the, I don't know, I'll call it nonsense that it (laughs) transpired. What was it like? Because you are, like, it was never about goals. It was just about either winning the game and who fought who. So, uh, did, like, <laughs> with these games that you saw coming up on the calendar, how did this play out with you?
0: Yeah, it was pretty intense. Uh, well, I remember my first year, it was pretty much me, Kevin Deneen on that fourth line. There's not many <laughs> other guys. And Kevin, were, he was great to me. Like, sometimes I, I didn't know. Like, I remember at, at some games we played the Leafs and Domi would come in front of me, you want to go, kid, and uh, you know, and – I'd be, I didn't know anymore because I know Jacques wasn't a guy that uh, really enjoyed just like uh, tons of fights and brawls and stuff like that. So uh, I remember Jacques talked to me a couple times to not try to get involved in that type of play. So I, sometimes I remember I was like looking at Jacques at the bench, like, should I fight him? Or I didn't really know. So Kevin Denin was good as I did, or should I? I don't know. Domi asked me. I I wasn't sure because Jacques before the game. And I'm not blaming Jacques, but sometimes, and I understand that sometimes an example Jacques would bring to me is like, it's like going to war, we have like, pistols and they have bazookas you know we're not that type <laughs> of team i was like yeah i, I get it I, also against jersey brent I, you probably remember there was a big brawl there all in one they were like i, rem- I remember fighting all the line all was Surrey and <laughs> anyways and jacques would tell me that same speech so but to come back to your questions yeah i, I would just uh I tried to do what I could. I'd fight Domi, but then they they, they were tough. Like the Gary Roberts, Wendell Clark, Tucker, uh, even McKay back there, Belak, you know. So, and then that second year, Chris Neal came along as a rookie. Nealer was a, we a pretty feisty kid, you know. Uh, he didn't back down. So, me and Nealer, we'd fight a little bit. And you're right, Brent, there was a lot of fighting going on. And then I got traded that third year, and that's when I think McGrath came, and uh, they were pretty tough in uh, Ottawa, I think. I don't know, Mark, you came right after that. Because I remember that third year uh, that the Sens played uh, the Leafs in the playoffs, I was gone in Tampa. They trained me for Juha Ilonen.
2: Number 36. <laughs> I think he was. Number 36. Yes.
0: Yeah, Good Ju- God. Ha- Ilonen. <laughs> <laughs> Big disappointment in the capital there. Uh fans were, were pissed off. I was pissed off, but I you know, anyways, at that time I think Mike Fisher got injured. But anyways, but yeah, with McGratton coming in, the, lots of fight, lots of brawls. Uh but uh what a rivalry. I think it, it built up too through the seasons because every year in the playoffs the Leeds beat uh, us, the senators, you know, and it was getting frustrating. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a lot of it was a big rivalry. I don't know if it's as uh, high as it was now, but uh, like we said, the game has changed right? So
3: yeah, no, it's a lot tamer. Um, you so you talk about Jacques a couple of times. obviously, he had a huge influence in your career. I, I, so two things. I was told that you got traded because Jacques didn't like you, and I got uh, wondering what the relationship was like between the two of you as player coach because as you said, he was never a big fighting guy. Um, and he always, he was more of a finesse type coach.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. I never really knew why really I got traded Cause you know, I, I think like fans appreciated the way I, I played, you know, I hit, I fought and I, I did what I could. But, uh, like you said, Jacques uh, was more uh, a build on speed finesse and with the whole, so I Alfredson, uh, uh, Bonga, uh, don't get me wrong we were we were good offensively but uh, uh I love Jacques like from like you mentioned the coaches I've had uh towards uh Mike Keenan, Michelle Taran and Jacques I love Jacques Jacques is the best coach I've had gave me my chance in the National Hockey League uh, was pretty fair to me and I still don't know really why I got traded I think just we needed a, a centerman that's probably why there's a lot of rumors on different stuff like uh you know, but but never really knew uh, why me. I was the guy uh, who got traded. But I, again, you know, uh, it's part of the game. And uh, yeah, I. Uh, what do you want to do? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you want a Stanley Cup after that? So we'll get to that in a sec. So it all seemed to work out yeah. pretty yeah. good for you.
2: <laughs> it worked out fine. The uh... yeah, I I, I,
0: uh, I changed the franchise completely in Tampa when I got there. <laughs> I said, follow me, guys, and they did. We won the cup. So, well,
3: that uh, seems pretty simple you they will be retiring your number soon i heard
0: yes they should they should i'm a legend in tampa too we want we want we want amazing.
2: that's a much better <laughs> Bad, that doesn't like even it. look, that doesn't even look like Andre. That looks like Vinny Lecavalier. They probably yeah. use the same one and just. You were known as a
3: prank. Like you were the first player I can remember covering, which I was, I never knew what was going to transpire when I went to interview you or talk to you in a scrum. So uh, I, I was always on my toes with you. Were you a, a prankster in the room? Uh Were you the original Chris Neal, if you will, because Nealer always gets uh, labeled
0: as the prankster around. Yeah, I think uh, Nealer was more of a prankster. I'm not much of a prankster. I'm more more of a react guy in in certain uh, situations, you know? Like, I'm at the restaurant, and I see something going on. Poof, I have something in mind. Okay, I'm going to do this. Then I just go, (laughs) I get up, uh, let's say, and... I'll grab a tray at the steakhouse, whatever, and I'll just come, hi guys, you ordered prime rib? And then, you know, I'll just put my thumb in the mashed potatoes. I don't know. Just stuff that comes. And then the guys, what the, what the, you know, like I'll put an apron on. I don't know. I'll make up something. And it's just stuff like that, you know, in the room. I don't know. I'll, I'll think of something and I'll do it. At, sometimes I put like nothing else of Metallica, you know, I put like, I pretend I put like a blanket and I'd be like a exotic dancer. And I just give lab dance to the guy, just (laughs) stuff like that. More. That's more that that type of stuff I do more than pranking uh, guys like, uh, you know the shaving cream and the gloves or nailing a helmet on the top of the shelf and the guy tries to rip it off and it's nailed stuff like that you know i've seen some of that but more uh, i i just like to, to do stuff to have guys laughing in the plane you know uh, whatever you know i have served cookies naked before and stuff like that just to change the mood you know with a chocolate chip cookie and my butt crack i don't know i just Think of stuff just to lighten up oh. the, uh, the the uh, atmosphere, and the and the guys. I, I guess they enjoyed it, you know. I think I think <laughs> I know why <laughs> you got traded. Anyway. <laughs> <Right. laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I do remember.
0: Serve a bagel. I tried to serve a blueberry bagel in my ass at the shock, but it didn't work. And you know? he traded <laughs> me. <then. laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, I, yeah. I, maybe, I maybe remember that was too wild at point Well that
3: I can see Jacques just, like, just turning beet red. Um, You wore a clown nose one time in the locker room. I can remember that. Was there one player that didn't appreciate your sense of humor more than others?
0: Well nobody's never said anything to me, you know, if, if they did, I, I don't know if they would have said anything, but uh, <laughs> I think in general, guys enjoyed. And, and uh, again, I'm not just clowning around nonstop. Like when it's game day time to prepare, obviously I I try to get ready. I get ready for my game and prepare myself to, for whatever team we're facing, but you know, on days off on the road, whatever, it's such a long season the calendar all traveling and that that's why i like to bring something yep. different because every day we go through meetings videos and it sounds especially when you're losing at one point guys are oh, just god. like oh my god i'm just sick yeah. and tired of the, the you know market." so that's when i try to change the mood just do stuff and, and keep it uh, light and fun but uh uh, yeah, so what, what was the question again?
3: <laughs> <laughs> was there any one player that didn't appreciate your oh, sense yeah, of humor? Oh, yeah, that's
0: right. The only thing I'd say, maybe maybe like Alexi Yash, and I don't know, but Yash <laughs> is different and never really laughs, you know? Like, I remember that year I came in, he was holding out because he wanted – Uh, more money on his contract then finally needed to come back to fulfill his one year contract left so Mm. Yash did come back before they made the trade with the Islanders and Chara but Yash was just there taping his stick you know and whatever I do or on the bus Yash would just be like there uh, so a a really
2: good team guy a good team guy
0: but he's just quiet and he does his own thing and his face i don't know i was like does he have fun sometimes but he's a great guy i mean when i talked to him i was like hey yash we're going to morton's for dinner there's 12 of us 12 of us 12 of us going do you want to join us no no i you guys go i then we go morton's he's sitting by himself eating steak and. the so I was like, what the fuck is it? Like, uh, why did he like, like, so there's guys that are maybe different like that, but uh, I, in general, I think everybody enjoyed, had a good laugh. And uh, as long as you don't over abuse, like just clowning around nonstop, but I, I choose my appropriate time to just uh, know when to do uh, fun stuff. You know,
3: I gotta, go. what was that year? Like when Yashin came back, cause I'm covering the team. And now the fans are obviously they're furious with him. He bailed on the team. He's not. He's no longer captain. Did the room care?
0: Yeah, it was. Well, uh, I think that year we're still pretty uh, successful. We yep. were uh, we were a good team that year. I think with Yash there. Yash is a great player too. You know, I think he he helped us uh, offensively and also for him it was kind of a year to prove himself if he wanted to get a, a good next contract so i think he tried but like i said he he did his stuff came at the ring tape his stick one on the ice practice left lunch came back did it played his game shower see uh, you know we he didn't yeah. he didn't get involved much but i think as a team we kind of got used to it you know we said it's yash you know he does his stuff there's always guys that are more uh, more quiet they do their own stuff but as a team i think everybody else you know we enjoyed uh uh, coming to the rink and uh, doing our, our stuff, joking around, you know, even Yash was there just doing his own stuff. I don't think it bothered or affected the team, you know, but uh, we, we kind of, you know, got used to it and just went along with it, you know. So, uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, he still helped us out like uh, during the season. Playoff time, obviously it didn't go like we wished, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the game.
3: Uh, I want to get to your coaches because you played for John Tortorella twice. Uh, You talked about Michelle Therrien, obviously Jacques. uh, I'm missing somebody. And also, you played for Gerard Gallant in the uh, ECHL, I think it was, or the IHL. Uh, You've had a few coaches that are really good and obviously really tough. Uh, Where would you put Torts on that list? Did you have a good relationship with Torts?
0: (laughs) Um... Yeah, yeah, yes and no. Like, I mean, Torts, Torts is a good coach. X and O's, he's a very, he's a well-prepared coach. A lot of video, uh, a lot of PPPK, even uh, uh, our system, four checks, breakouts, neutral zone. He's great on that. Torts is just like a guy, he's kind of like me, hot hot temper, you know? Like, I think he's a guy that's... Uh, Will react a certain way. Like sometimes we see him angry and that. And next day he'll probably regret how he reacted, you know. And he'll bring you aside and maybe have a talk with you and that. But uh, in general, you know, we won a cup together. It was great. But we had a great year that run. Uh, obviously, things were going well. You know, we were first in our conference. When you know how our things are when you're you're winning, winning, and we're getting days off. Things were great. But when things are tougher, you know, you lose more gains. That's when there's more uh, situations, more. Uh... So with Torts, it was good. And sometimes it was just, I think the last maybe uh, years I played for him was a little, uh, he was a little harder on guys, uh, me, you know, just, uh, but, um, you know, without getting in all the details, there's just stuff that he said to me or the way he acted towards me. You know, I just, sometimes I, I kind of lost respect from how he uh, managed the situations with me, you know. So uh, uh, that's all I could say maybe about Torres. But in general, you know, he's a well-prepared coach. He, he, he's there, he's hard, he's there to motivate you. But sometimes, you know, uh, it can cross the line and it can uh, get out, you know. Because it'll work with some guys, you know, or, or it will work uh, on the short term. But a long term non stop, you know, it's yeah. it's like it, it gets old. I think, you know, and it, that's I think how guys, uh, maybe some of the guys, you know, uh, lost. Maybe is uh, I don't know what's the word lost. Uh, just lost, not, lost not, the room. Yeah, I lost the room. I guess, I guess okay. that would be the, so, the appropriate word.
3: Uh, the the other coach was Mike <laughs> Keenan. You played Calgary your final year with Mike Keenan. Yeah. If you had to play your whole career with John Tortorella or Mike Keenan, who do you pick?
0: <laughs> well, Keenan, seriously, maybe because I was older. That's my last year. I was 33, a veteran in the league, and uh, he was pretty good to me. He didn't really... Uh, He didn't really uh, do anything bad to me. I think there was still a respect towards me, but I heard Mike Keenan, let's say 15 years before, it probably would have been worse because I heard when he was in Chicago, stuff he did was wow, you know, but uh, that was the old school (laughs) stuff. Uh, But he was good to me. But again, he's a coach uh, that's demanding also, you know, you need to work. Uh, If you don't work, you're not going to play. Torts is the same. And uh, I think on the young guys, he, yeah, a lot of mind games and towards too, I think they're very similarities, but I don't know, tough to say, um, you know, I played longer for towards five years in uh, total, I think in Tampa, I kind of know how he is, but uh, just the way he finished, I don't know if... Uh, I'd be a healthy scratcher sitting on the bench, so I don't know. Maybe I go with Keenan. Maybe, <laughs> but who knows how Keenan how Keenan would handle the situation? You know, towards at the end, I wasn't even playing anymore. As left aside, he was telling me, "I'm selfish. I'm thinking of myself." When night after night, I go and fight the big boys, like I I, I want to do it. No, I'm doing it for the team and trying to win games and establish a. a a pace a tempo to the game how am i selfish just stuff like that you know that that comes back to my mind but yeah it's uh, he was p- probably trying to just get me going and a uh, short story uh, on tours like i remember i think it was the year of the cup in 04 so i'm in the league for four or five years and i remember uh, we played eight nine uh, exhibition games at the time and uh, towards dress me for every game and every game you know when exhibition games the young guys AHL junior hey Roy you want to go hey yeah. let's go we're <laughs> going let's go I was like seriously I don't want to fight young guys and and I've been there I've done that when I was with Ottawa I was fighting everybody let's go and, yeah. and I wasn't fighting I was trying to work my game like work on you know just uh you know making plays for check couple hits in there but I was probably not playing like it's the playoffs, but, you know, still. So after seven games, I think playing, I think it was, I sat one out and then I played that last exhibition. Maybe we played eight or nine, whatever. So I missed only one. So he brings me back. He's like, Andre, come here. I'm getting ready. Finally, last exhibition games. He sits me in his office. So he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" I was like, "Not bad, just getting ready." So how's your camp? How do you think you you've doing? You you've been doing? I was like, "Well, not bad. You know, I just trying to you know, get involved a little more. Not not as much fighting. I I don't know if I fought in those seven games. Maybe once, but a quick one. You know, the eyes throw the guy down That's it. <laughs> and uh, spin on him. <laughs> Here you go, but." Uh, so I, I just tell Torch, well, you know, working on, on my game, different stuff. Uh, he's like, well, I tell you what, Andre, I'll be honest. You had a shitty training camp. You haven't shown <laughs> shit to me. And, you know, I'm telling you now, Andre, there's guys ahead of you right now. I'm not sure if you're going to start the, the on our roster at the start of season, game one. I just want to be honest with you. You haven't shown me shit. And there's young guys pushing. And, and they've been... Tremendous so far, camp so just so you know, you know, so you don't pout and, and, and know that, like, oh, just like stuff like that, it's like, well, no, you know what I can bring towards it, just, you know, it's preseason, you want me to fight everybody, it's not about fighting, just getting involved, but what you, you approach game to me, you haven't shown me so. I'm like, all right, go get ready for your game. So I get off the office and I'm pissed off as, you know, I'm I'm like smoke coming out of my ears. What a fucking. So I'm pissed off and doing warm-up that we're playing Carolina. I remember first shift, I jump on the ice, Joey Tedarenko comes right at me. Tough guy, you know. He's like, hey, Roy, you want to go? I'm like, fucking rights were going. I dropped the gloves. I fought a raincoat and I went at it. I was pretty mad, you know. I did pretty good. So I looked at torts at the bench. Is that good enough for you? Are you happy with that? And I went to the bench and just skated the bench. I uh, was staring at him in the box like I, I was ready to fight him next, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but then... Then I come out of the box, uh, you know, he puts me out there, he starts playing me, I get an assist, I'm involved, hits, and now I don't know, that got me going to fight, and I think that's what he wanted to do, and that's John Torrella. He, he yeah. knows how to push the right buttons to get you going, and after, I think, before the scene started, he, he said to the coach, you know, that's what I wanted to see out of Andre, if he has, a, you know, a little bit of something in him to show me something, you know, and... I guess that's what uh, his point was, you know, to, to to get me going, and he he did well uh, with that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> your uh, in your final 108 games, you played over 10 minutes once, and I don't mean that to be disparaging. I'm just curious of what that's like as a player to play in those games when you play few minutes.
0: How many minutes in the last one you said? So minutes, you played
3: the last 108 games. You didn't play over 10 minutes except once. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's – yeah, I would have scored 300 in this league with my shot if they played me 15 minutes. Um, But, uh, no, it's tough. Obviously, it's tough, you know. And I know I'm an energy guy. Uh, You know, I I wish I could have gotten more ice time because – just a real quick, uh, I, I always wanted to copy and I'm not comparing myself to them, but I always try to copy like a Cam Neely, Wendell Clark, Rick Tockett type of style hockey player. I always wanted to play. I knew I could play, but eventually four-line energy fight. So you don't you don't play much, but it is tough to come back to your question. It's up because you know you always have to stay ready no matter what, how, how many ice time you 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 have. You never know. Also tonight, am I going to play? Am I just going to get three, four shifts, you know? And uh, sometimes I go on the ice, uh, two shifts for first period, nothing, second, third period, you come back on the ice, oh my God, your legs, it's just tough mentally, physically to always be ready, but I guess it's something uh, you you need to kind of, you adjust with, you know, and uh, you you try to deal with, but uh, uh, it, it's tough, you know, to, to play three, four, five, seven, whatever minutes every every night. So.
3: What's it like to be a Stanley Cup champion and what did you do in your day with the Cup?
0: Oh, that was awesome. Uh, it was uh, just a great feeling uh, coming to Tampa. When I, I got traded, I remember, like I said, uh, there was what I don't know, 11,000, in the, in the fan, in the attendance. There was not many fans. We were out of the playoffs, so like I said uh, before, I turned the franchise around when I arrived <laughs> there, and uh, so we uh, guys, I said, either you jump aboard or you don't. I, I was with Ottawa. We made the playoffs every year, so I think St. Louis, Lacavia, Richards, they finally jump aboard with it. And um, people are listening to the podcast. <laughs> They're like, is he serious? Or yeah. I'm kidding, folks. So I got to Tampa. and uh, <laughs> Got to Tampa. First year out of the playoffs. And then uh, that, that second year, we uh, lost second round to the Devils in 03. Then that fourth year, uh, the third year, we went all the way. Uh, then just to go through uh, the final, uh, facing the Flames game seven. Just unreal because... You think about all the people that helped you, you know, the ups and downs, because obviously we always, it's not always up, 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 you know, we, you get some tough times, you know, in your career and uh, just people that help you, your, your whole career sacrifice you've done. So when I saw uh, uh, Gary (laughs) bring the cup out, you know, a little Batman guy uh, come on the ice with the cup, obviously I was just like a little kid in a candy store, just staring at the cup and and I remember you see me some highlights. I have a little camcorder. One of my buddies said, you got to find it. And that's what I did. So uh, I, I have a bunch of little tapes of in the room on the ice, but it was just, wow, I can't believe it. It's unreal. We've won the cup, you know? So uh, just when Andrew Chuck went and picked up the cup, raise it above his head, then we all jump in. It's just like, wow, it goes so fast. Everything that's happening on the ice, then you finally get the cup you don't know is it heavy or not but i picked it up like it was, it was you know, it was just whoa, whoa. But, uh, just a great feeling to skate around you know like i said so, so many stuff spinning in your mind of your whole career and that so uh just a great great moment and uh well uh from there when i got the cup uh, i had a, a good friend at rds that uh um i say i had because he passed away but uh he was uh, just great with me and he's like andre do you want me to organize your stanley cup day i've done it with marty bruder and uh, i was like well depends what but i'll i'll, I'll figure something i'll come back to you. so he kind of arranged all this stuff you know he had one surprise for me so basically the cup guy came to my house i was with the cup for two and a half hours. Uh, after lunch, I went, uh, I lived by a golf course, so I went on the golf course, a helicopter came, picked me up, and the, the pilot was Gila Fleur, so that was kind of the surprise for me, oh, so nice. I didn't know Gila Fleur, I was like, wow, Flower, what, hey, how you doing, you seem to see me? <laughs> no, I'm the pilot, really? really? Can I fly, can I fly that thing? Or? So anyways, Flower Power in the house, so <laughs> and that was kind of cool to have Gila Fleur. So, he kind of brought me like 20 minutes away to my hometown where I grew up, played minor hockey in St. Jerome. I had the cup there, I think it was a Monday. So, our Tuesday was a weekday, anyways. But still, I think around 1,500 people showed up, still 2,000, whatever. So, just pictures there at the City Hall. And from there, I took the cup, went to Montreux Blanc, and I, I got a, a bar there at the shack on top there at the top. It's called the shack. And uh, I got the restaurant for just my friends, family, everybody. Oh, you know, nice. so I had about 150 people there and uh, with a band. So all night we we partied there, had fun, uh, drink a couple beers, a couple shots, a couple everything. So... Uh, and passed out, and I charged myself, you know. So I uh, pissed my <laughs> pants, and uh, but it was good time, you know. Finished work. <laughs> but, but, did but just, uh, did you always
3: did you always drink out of the cup for everything, or did you actually use a glass?
0: No, I drank out of the cup, and and I'm really uh, I hate like. Uh, What's the word? You know, when somebody grabs a bite out of your food with your fork and you're like, oh, that, that, or your soup, that kind of grosses me out. And putting lips on a glass, (laughs) I'll change glasses. But then I was just so drunk, you know, so I didn't give a, I was like, hey,
2: same
0: thing in the room. (laughs) Next day, my mouth was like, hey, what's up What is this? Hey, a little bit of Agisil on my, (laughs) no, sorry. Wrong cream, (laughs) not that cream, sorry. But just, but it went away. Uh, But no, just drinking in a cup, I didn't care at that time, everybody. uh, But that was way before the, uh, whatever we're going through right now, but uh, yeah.
3: Just fun times. Though. It's important to use the right cream. Um, finally, yeah. uh, I know <laughs> we we gotta let you go. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple. One is um, we Sorry. asked this to uh, no, we asked this to all our, our guests. Is uh, if you're a watch a movie at night, what's your favorite snack?
0: If I watch a movie at night, I, I love eating at night. It's, it's a bad habit, but I, I something I do, I do a nacho with smoked meat on it. I love doing that. Like Wow. I'll put tortilla chips, you know, then I'll, I'll put salsa. and I'll chop uh, a couple tomatoes on top, maybe some red peppers, you know, then the jalapenos, throw the cheese on it, then my smoked meat. Throw it in the oven, then it comes out and I'm just like, which <laughs> one? But then it's just, I, I love, I don't, I'm not a sugar guy. I don't have a sweet tooth. So no donuts, cake, nothing like that. But I love like hot dogs, nachos, chips, uh, stuff like that. Then then I'm there for the pizza. Oh yeah, chicken wings, that's me. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, that's final- my go-to for sure.
3: Here's my final question and it's because I appreciate it's how it. well you can do a Jacques Martin, uh, impersonation <laughs> is if, can you tell me how Jacques Martin would describe the best game you ever played?
0: Uh, best game I've played. Uh, well, Andre, I think, uh, I just want to bring you in to, uh, tell you uh, the way you played last night. Uh, plus to, uh, through uh, some big hits on some key guys. That's the way we want you to play and uh, under control, uh, you know, not getting involved in stupidities. And uh, if you play that way, Andre, I think, uh, you know, you're going to be more effective for our hockey club going down uh, the road. So uh, I just want to make sure and mention to you that's uh, how we like you to play and uh, just keep working hard on and off the ice, and uh, stay away from Pigal and Gatsino. <laughs>
2: that was excellent. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's so good.
3: I wish we had more time.
2: Okay. Uh, Andre, uh, this is
3: this is why, uh, after all these years, and it's been like 20 years since you played in Ottawa, you remain a fan favorite. Uh, you were always yes. one, one of my favorites to talk to, so we appreciate <laughs> you spending the time to come over, and we hope we can bother you again uh, when you're not doing stand-up or doing yeah. something else. And you'll come on.
0: (laughs) Hey, anytime, guys. It's a pleasure. Mark and Brent, you know, I I met you guys. And uh, you're great guys. I wish you all the best. Keep doing what you're doing with the podcast. A pleasure. And we'll talk to you soon. I'll say hi to all the fans listening, too.
2: Go on,
0: Retire my jersey. Let's go. (laughs) Two sinks in the rosters. Let's go. (laughs) See you, pal.
2: Oh, that was great. Thanks, Andre. All right, uh, take care,
0: Mark. Take care, Mark. So, see, thanks. See you guys. Bye.
1: And welcome back to the show. Pleased to be joined as always by Craig. Uh, welcome to the show, hey guys. Hey guys, what's happening? Man, that Andre Law interview—that might be my favorite one. That was it's a good. that was a wild wy- that was a wild one to just sit back on. And we we're—I mean, that's kind of why we posted the beginning of that. I didn't even know when the interview started. Like I was, it just kind of. Just kind of happened the second he logged on, so it was a lot of fun, man. We it's 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 cool to kind of get guys like that who can go with the flow, they got a billion stories. Uh that guy's a beauty, so So, yeah, that was a lot of fun.
3: Normally, when we bring on our guests, we always just shoot this shit for a couple of minutes just to set everything up and whatever, make sure the camera's all good. He was the one of the very few that I knew that we should record as soon as he showed up because you don't have any idea what to expect from Andre Watt? So uh, <laughs> it, is, it was, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. He will be a return guest for sure.
1: I hope so. Yeah, yeah he was great. Um, Boys, so just something else I want to touch on before we get out of here today. Um, it, we, we hit the, we were supposed to go yesterday on Thursday, today's Friday. Um, so that was going to be after 20 games. We were going to do a little, little after 20 game segment. So we're going to do after 20 games ish. Now, and I just want to talk about kind of what you guys have seen from the team this year, where you think they're at, guys you like, things you see that maybe need to get fixed. Uh, Just maybe a little assessment of where we're at here at the quarter mark of the season. Um, So why don't we start with an easy one here? Boys, what do you think the biggest kind of top story, top moment of the first
2: 21 games have been? Uh, Why don't we start with uh, Matt
1: when he kicks off? You
2: want me to go first? Oh, boy. All right. Well, I'm going to try to go off the board here because I'm pretty sure I know what you guys are going to say. For me right now, the biggest story, it's probably just Matt Murray going down. I mean, I, I don't think I ever predicted their number one goalie getting sent down to the American League based off or based on performance issues. Uh, so, you know, for me, that would probably be it. But I'm hopeful that he'll turn it around and come back up and get back to normal because I, I'm rooting for him. So we'll we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, uh, biggest storyline for me, and I can see how
3: th- th- it kind of ties into that, is the the fact they sit last in the league. And the fact that they yeah. were supposed to take a turn this year and a step forward and all that, and you can see the lack of depth in this roster and the struggles they've had in goal now make this team sit last overall. And there really doesn't seem to be an answer moving forward at the moment. They need to have significant changes made to that roster somehow. I understand there is no Shane Pinto and no Colin White, and they've had some injuries and they've had COVID, but they also have had a team that's not very deep. That's my biggest mm-hmm. storyline.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, sort of kind of along the same lines here. Is there like a concern you guys have seen, like something in the, maybe in their play, maybe a player, something that you think that like you didn't maybe necessarily think was going to be an issue. Like, is there a con- What's the biggest concern this team has in your mind after the first 20 ish games here?
2: Um, biggest concern for me would be their defensive play. Um, they're just getting scored on way too much and you don't need to be a top tier personnel um, team to to play good defense you know you just need a good system to follow and you got to move your feet and i think right now um you know with how thin they are on the back end and their bottom two lines up front especially it just goes to show you all their weaknesses right now they're they're glaring and they've had a lot of inconsistencies between the pipes so uh, i'd love for them to address that because again like i said earlier this isn't something that requires a bunch of all-stars to play. Like you don't need a bunch of all-stars to play good defense. You can do that with just about anybody. So um, that to me was probably the biggest surprise and the biggest negative takeaway. You can fix it. You can address it. So I'm hopeful that um, over the next quarter here, we'll see some changes.
3: Uh, I'll give you two. I'll give a little bit of positive, And that is uh, Drake Batherson, how he's taken a step forward and really assumed to being a true uh, power forward type uh, top six player on this team. But the biggest concern I have is as and Matthew, you know, this they teach you patience in the national hockey league. They teach general managers. Don't make sudden drastic changes because of the fans who are calling for that or whatever. I think yep. maybe they've s- sat back too patiently and have tried to put too many band-aids on this team. And that is using waiver wires or using small time trades to try and change things up like Zach Sanford. I think it's now time to make a big move and whether that big move is to change management uh, I think it's something that really needs to be addressed and how they move forward and how they addressed all the glaring deficiencies in this lineup.
1: Okay. All right. Well, here, here, we'll go a little bit different on this one. Uh, who's a guy that you think maybe is plays trending upwards. I mean, we just saw Alex did knock in two goals. Uh, like are there guys that you see their play? Thomas Shabbat. We talked about him. He hasn't scored yet. Are there guys that you think are trending upwards for over the next 20 games here? Uh, Brent, why don't we start with you on this one?
3: All right. Well, I don't want to go back to Drake Batherson, but it's easy. I like, <laughs> That guy, I mean, he missed COVID and he was still the team's leading scorer. He's mm-hmm. he's a really solid player who I enjoy watching play. He's just fun. The other guy is Lassie Thompson. Uh, we've kind of already judged him, I think, a little too quickly to say he's already a bona fide NHL player. But he certainly seems to be a guy, at least in this roster, who can play a, in a defensive top six spot here for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see where he can finish. I think he's certainly got a bigger upside than some perhaps Victor Mete or some other guys that are on that blue line.
2: Yeah, to, ju- to jump on that Lassie Thompson train, that would have been my pick. I don't want to – and Wally just covered it pretty well there. But I I, I just – I love where his play's at. I know he didn't play a whole lot uh, last night in Carolina. He played about 9.55, I think it was, or just under 10 minutes. Yeah. But his yeah. one-on-ones, it's not just offensively with the puck. He's a good skater. He's good at playing guys one-on-one. He He's, he's strong on his feet. That's what I want to see out of some of these D-men, especially the younger ones. So he's been a very pleasant surprise here in the, in the you know, in the more recent short-term uh, games. But um, I think I'd like to see Thomas Shabbat, you know, just yeah. take another step forward. I know it's hard with the lineup and with the way things have been going, and he's playing a ton of minutes. Um, but I'd really like to see him take the reins on that power play, maybe create a little bit more easier said than done. I was a defensive D-man. Perhaps I have no business criticizing anybody when it comes to their o- offensive play. I, have a, I mean,
3: let me ask you this question. I, and this is not a facetious question by any stretch. He's a, so yeah. he, he does play 30 minutes a night and he leads the team in shots, or at least he was the last time I checked what more. And I mean this sincerely, what more does he need to do in order for I you know. to say, take that next step?
2: Yeah, well when I say take the next step, I mean just start start producing some points. I mean, yeah. it's it's all fun when you're playing a ton of minutes and you're contributing as much as you can, but there were a couple of plays last night, one in particular, I'm trying to remember what period it was in, where he had a really good opportunity to shoot the puck. Like he had a wide open lane. I think they were on the power play, I think. Um and he opted to make the pass over to the flank and and I think his partner, could have been the it could have been the winger uh, uh, Josh kind Norris. of the puck. Yeah, I, yeah, it could have been Norris. Uh, so you remember the play, yeah. And, yeah? and so that's kind of an example of where I think maybe offensively right now his confidence is out, which is completely understandable because when you're snake bitten the way he is, we saw with Tim Stutzla, it can affect your your game and it can really affect you mentally when it comes to those offensive zone sequences. Um, so that's all I'm saying. I'm nitpicking because I wanted to pick Lassie Thompson, but I'm just gravitating over to another player that I'm a huge fan of, um, and if I could you know if we could just and i'm sure he, you know he knows what's going on i'm sure he's trying to address it he knows his own play better than anybody else does uh, but i think you know getting a little more production out of him would be huge because again you look at that back and there's almost zero offensive production right now out of those defensemen and i think that's affecting the group as a whole Okay. Good answers
1: there for sure. Uh, we, well, we mentioned Lassie Thompson, is there, is there a prospect or a young player who's maybe caught your eye over the first 20 games and it doesn't need to be in the NHL either. Like, is there, is it an NCAA guy? Is it Ridley Gregg team Canada? Is it somebody in Belleville that's come up and played well? Like, is there a young player whose stock you've maybe seen in your eyes has risen a little bit to start the year?
3: Well, I'll start Uh, and we are contractually obligated to say Igor Sokolov. So that is the stock (laughs) answer.
1: We can just move on to the next
3: question. Um, I really, Greg is certainly a guy that's been interesting. I mean, Jake Sanderson gets all the attention. No question. I, I, I just, and we've said Lassie Thompson's name a couple of times from what I've seen from him from training camp last year uh, when I thought he was actually pretty good and then didn't play much and he was on the taxi squad and whatnot to where he is now. I think there is a definite fide upside to him that makes me want to see what he is capable of doing. So I will take Lassie Thompson.
2: Yeah, and, and, and I'm not going to here and pretend like I know how the players down in the American League are playing. Um, I could. <laughs> but, uh, and, and we just touched on Lassie Thompson like crazy. So yeah. um, for me, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'll just keep it very honest. I'm just hoping that these defensemen coming up, like we're talking about Sanderson, Bernard Docker and Belleville right now, Clevin, all these guys, these potential players that we're going to see in the National Hockey League over the next couple seasons. I'm hoping they are who, who we think they are because this team is desperate for some defensive depth. And that's not a shot at some of these guys back there. I've liked Holden's game. I thought he had some nice physical presence last night. I've always been a fan of his. Uh, But I think overall, um, some of these experiments are working. And if you can solidify that back end, this team's going to take a huge step forward. So patience, of course, is needed here. But if we can see some of these defensive prospects really kind of develop properly, and the team can manage that accordingly, this team will be okay. Okay,
1: last one. Uh I just want to get your half season predictions. So we're, this is us
2: after 21 games, right? The sense you are are they going to be Why do you do
3: this to us? I yeah, like I, I have,
2: know. No, like Wally and I are completely unprompted here by the way. Like yeah. we're getting asked these questions. I have no prep for it. So yeah. So about it.
1: We can kind of keep it simple. Are they going to be in a better spot, in a worse spot, or maybe <laughs> kind of the same spot? Does that make it easier?
2: Wally, you go first.
1: Oh. <laughs> so they're, they're already last, so I'm
3: not sure they can go much worse. Uh, and and Phoenix, be careful right, with that. I mean, <laughs> Arizona is doing all it can to be last as well. I I mean, I thought they were a much better team, and now I'm not sure I'm going to see them become much better than what they are. I think they're going to still be right where they're at. The question is, who are the players on the team going to be at that time? And will there be changes in the front office by the time the midway point rolls around if it continues to stay this way i don't see them being much better than they are now they might be 31st they might be 30th <laughs> but their fate they're battling with seattle as an expansion franchise and they're battling with arizona who has a roster that is it's worse than audible.
2: unrecognizable yeah,
3: yeah so uh with all due respect to ryan dezingle so yes i think they're going to be right where they're at okay okay
2: yeah so My biggest takeaway right now is is that, and I've said this over the offseason, Wally has said this as well. I think as a fan base, did we kind of mismanage our expectation levels going into the season? Again, I'm starting off negative. I think we did. You You did because you were told to. Everyone was fawning over those last 15 games that meant nothing. I said that during that streak. I said that where I'm like, I don't think people understand that when you're playing with house money, And there's nothing on the line. It's easy to play free. It's easy to do well because you're not really concerned with making mistakes. Um, So I think a lot of people, including myself, um, were were aware of that. Yet you still had a large amount of people that expected that to continue going into the season. I was realistic. I did think, though, however, in fairness, this is where the positive comes in, that they would have a little bit more progression, that they would not be trending backwards, Um, But, you know, there are a lot of circumstances and different variables that can affect your outcomes. You know, like the COVID situation, they were already shit prior to that. So that can't be a good excuse. I, I, I think we have to accept that if you look at this lineup, you have to be realistic, compare this to all the other lineups, maybe except for teams like Arizona. I don't know that they're that much better. And then when you get inconsistencies in net, everything's compounded. So there are some serious areas in this lineup, as we've said throughout the show, that need to be addressed. That's not a secret. Look at their bottom two lines up front. Just look at them. You know, that's an area that needs to be addressed. Look at their, their, their bottom four on D. That's an area, another area. I'm not saying all those defensemen are playing well, but you need some more depth. Like there's zero, there's almost zero physical presence back there on that decor. What I'm looking at all six right now that have been dressed, including actually the guys that aren't playing. Maybe, no, except for Brown, that's not fair. But to find a competent defenseman, I'm not talking about a big D-man that runs around like a big dummy back there. I'm saying, where's your physical presence that deters players to get to your net front? They can still make the odd break pass and play well. I don't see it. I'm not saying you need to have four of them, but you need to have a couple. Look at all the playoff teams. Look at Calgary. They're excelling right now in Calgary. They've got good Branson and Zadarov on their third pairing. That's a little disingenuous. It's a much better hockey team. I understand that. But look at all the Stanley Cup contenders over the last X amount of years. They've got some bodies back there that can throw players around that are physical, but can also move the puck. We talked about that. I know that there's players that are coming. To me, that's still an area of concern. So I'll leave it at that.
1: Is there a possibility that at some point during the season they repeat a little bit of that end, end of the year success? I mean, it could happen at the end of the year again. Like they're a bad team right now. So I don't know if you've noticed, they're playing well, everybody's backups. Yeah. And I'm what, just what does it
2: matter? Yeah. You're in 30 seconds, you're, you're in you're in bottom. And and I want to make this clear. Wally and I, we want and, and Craig, uh-huh. we want this team to do well. We don't enjoy coming on here and doing this. I'm an ex-player. I hate being a pessimist. I hate being negative. I want to talk about the good things. But when you're not, when you're, when you're dead last, I'm sorry, but this is, this is deservingly what's going to happen. People are going to be extra critical of your team and uh, you can only fluff up this team so much. And eventually you have to give an honest take and that's what we're doing. So I don't want people first. I'm just saying this because I want to clear the air. I don't want people to think, oh, they're just being negative. They're not being positive. No, 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 no. We're being fair. And this is an honest truth. So they could go on a 10 game winning streak at the end of the season. It won't matter. They need to do it now. They need to show some, and and I'm not expecting this team to win every other night. That's not reasonable. But if they could pull off the odd win the way they did last night in Carolina, at least we'll have some good talking points, and at least you'll see some positive stuff happening on the ice moving forward.
1: Okay, yeah, boys, that was good. That was fun. I, so yeah, we got another, uh, we got another rough 20 games ahead of us here. I think is what we're thinking. Hopefully, man, December's a beast
2: too. So, well, here, Wally, what do you think? Like, are they over 500 this month? Like, what do you think? What are you thinking?
1: No. <laughs> no. They already matched uh, They already matched last month's win total. So that's good news. Yeah. Okay, hang on. So, so they're ahead
3: of the game they, there. They play Colorado, New Jersey. They play Tampa. They play Florida. They play Tampa, Philly, Boston, yep. St. Louis, Carolina. Um, they're going to face an Islander team that hasn't won in about nine games. So maybe they get a win there. But that's a tough, like 15 games in yeah. the month, and you're playing. The Stanley Cup, the two-time Stanley Cup champion twice, you got Florida, you got Carolina. Uh, it's yeah. not pretty.
2: But maybe that's what they need. Maybe they, like, like there is this... When you're, when you're about to play a really good opponent, there's something that happens to you, right? Going into the rink when you're walking in with your coffee, Wally, you're just hyper-focused because it's fear. You don't want to look like an idiot. You don't want to be that guy that makes a huge mistake out there. That can work against you. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But I think it'll keep them honest and and just hyper focused for that short period of time that i'm hoping they don't need to win all these games just okay. just play
3: well be competitive okay. let me take carolina last night as an example then were they hyper focused as they gave up 49 shots or did they just yes. be, were they able to stay in it
2: but i'm it, well i will say this they looked competitive the pace was certainly far better than the night before against sure. Vancouver. And that's coming in on a back-to-back game. Yep. So we do have to give them some props there. But I you make a really good point though, Wally. You can't sustain 50 shots against every night. I'm not arguing with you there. That's that's that you just can't do that. But I'm wondering if we looked at the analytics, where a lot of those shots were coming from. I feel like a bunch of them were coming from the outside because yeah. they were playing so tight, but yeah. we'll see. Like, because there wasn't no, a Forsberg didn't have to make a
3: lot of like as we call them 10 bell saves, he didn't do a lot. Yeah. Right. He just Agreed. stopped the puck. That he was but he looked, to.
2: he made it look easy because he's so yes. big. Yes. And that's, that's, so we can't downplay that either, but you make a good point. There weren't any like, like big breakaways or um right. glaring. Well, they had a couple big chances, but not nothing like we've seen over the last month.
3: So that's all that's, I, that's my yeah. only thing with this team is that we've now, because they won, we're going to say like, well, look, they hung in there against the Colorado <laughs> Carolina team. That was really good. They hung
2: yeah. on
1: is what they did. So that's yeah. all.
2: Yeah, fair
1: enough. Nice. Okay. Well, that was it, boys. Good work on those ones. Uh, I'm excited to see if uh what, what did we call you? Are you Wally the Wizard or the Wizard Wally? What we need you need uh, your prediction name now. I'll
3: leave that up to you to decide. <laughs> okay. You
1: can't pick your okay. own nickname, apparently. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it'll be worse then. We'll see. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, there's some stuff there to watch. I mean, at least at least they oh. yeah, you were right, Matt. They looked a little better last night. So that was good. What were you gonna say, Brent?
3: Uh, I just wanted to say, I'm going to throw this out there now on our show on Monday, uh, live at 1 p.m. Our newest the guy, the, the new Twitter guy that everybody's talking about is joining us to talk hockey. Uh, you may know him a little bit. Uh, Bobby Ryan's going to stop by. He will be uh, just another guy talking some trash about <laughs> hockey. So uh, be awesome! I look forward to it. He's been great on Twitter, so it'll be good yep. to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> who, who closes the show isn't it wally's job <laughs> you know why do i always have to do everything all right that's on monday that's our show for now uh we apologize for the delayed math go get better um take whatever pills you need to take and we will uh see you on monday guys take care that's the Wally Math show
1: All right, nice work, boys. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, hang on. Just give me a sec. Who is this? Hello? Bobby Canceling. Hello? (laughs) Hello? Okay, they hung up on me.